<laughs> Welcome to Burning Welcome to the depths of hell. I'm your host, Hannah Burner, and today we have a ballerina. Hello. Her name is Katie Boren. Did I pronounce that right? Yep, that sounds right. Amazing. And she is in the Corps de Ballet of the American Ballet Theater. At age six, she began studying at the Ballet Academy of Texas, and here she is now in New York City, one of the top ballerinas. And she decided to come to hell with me, and I don't know why yet. I don't either. Let's you see. wanted to go <laughs> to did. hell, and I, I kind of love that. I wanted to. I did. I seeked you out. <laughs> you're clearly a masochist. Oh, completely. Yeah. And you're self-aware, which I respect mm-hmm. after answering that. that. Yeah. So I kind of want to start from the beginning. Okay. <laughs> Let's, where do we begin? So when you were young, what were your hobbies? What were some things that brought joy to your life? So, like, I did. I started taking ballet lessons when I was, like, three. And my parents tried to get me into, like, other sports and activities and whatever. And I really just didn't enjoy anything else. So, like, any free time or, like, any thing when my mom was like, oh, I was like, what do you need for fun? Like, what do you do on Friday, Saturday? I was like, I want to go to ballet class. I want to go play so the So you studio. loved it. I loved it so much. What did you love about it? I don't know. No. Did you like other dance? <laughs> Um, I did like I took modern and tap and jazz, mm-hmm. but I like I would take ballet every day um, From a really young age. It was like six days a week. I'd be taking class and I I mean I loved the way like I felt when I was doing it when I was young It was so like oh, it's carefree and like you have freedom when you're moving but then like as the training intensified I was like, you know such like I'm such a perfectionist. So I was like, oh, I can make this so much better and this and this and like you're never satisfied with like the level you're at so for me it just kind of like indicted this hunger I was like I want to just like I need to get better at this I need to get better and it's similar it's similar to tennis as in you like even Roger Federer Mm -hmm. every day is trying to improve on his backhand like you never you see how much you improve in the beginning and you kind of get addicted to it what personality type do you think makes a successful ballerina type a perfectionist like really really like hard worker um a lot of us like we've chosen this path from a very young age so we're we're used to like sacrificing a lot i'm sure i'm sure you were like mm-hmm. social life school what have you um and you have to be really um you have to have a tough skin yeah like you get shit thrown at you every single day and it, it's funny because in sports it's kind of known that coaches can be tough yeah like I've had coaches hit me in the back of the head before I've had coaches like make me run till I threw up mm-hmm. I've had coaches make me do planks on the tennis court in like a hundred degree Florida weather and I was getting like first degree burns on my oh, like God. elbows yeah but so coaches in sports are known to be intense yeah dance coaches they can be as bad or worse. Oh, yeah. Because they, they really, like, they get into your, like, psyche. They really get into your mind. And it's, you know, they all had this great career themselves. And it's, I mean, I'm not saying that all of them, like, they don't want to see somebody surpass them. But they always have that kind of edge, like, oh, like, I wish I was still, like, that person in the studio. Like I feel like that's the... so unhealthy. Yeah. It's, like, living vicariously through the person, and there's also competitiveness. Exactly. You're right. There's so much mental torture that goes on. There's so much mental torture. So much mental torture. Do you think that you emotionally are kind of the right 
kind of person to tackle this kind of commitment? Yeah, I, I think definitely. I don't think I could do anything else besides this anyways. How old are you? I, I'll be 27 in two months. Wow. Yeah. You've been doing this a long a ass very time. very long time. Was there someone that inspired you to make you want to do ballet? I really like got into it at such a young age. Mm -hmm. It's not like I had like an idol that I was watching or somebody like YouTube video, like it wasn't even YouTube video back then. But um, I think as I started to see myself like improve and like have the natural talent for it, then I started seeking out like other dancers to look up to and to mm -hmm. see how they like approached a variation or a technique. Were you um, good when you were little? Like were you one of the standouts? That's what I'm told. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't know how good you can be yeah. at like five years old. Yeah. But, um, but there's, you know, you'll see kids that have a certain focus yes. that maybe other kids don't have. I remember the high of like coaches coming up to my parents and being like, hey, your daughter's really talented. Oh my God. It's and best. you're like addicted to feeling special. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, that person. Like what other you're I mean in school your teacher could be like your kid's smart whatever to have someone point you out of a group of kids and be like that girl can go places you get such a high you do that's so exciting and you crave it you need it more were your parents highly involved in your ballet they were very supportive okay. um I wouldn't say they were like super involved in like my decision to mm -hmm. continue it and to take it more seriously they were always just there like. You know, we're here to support you. If you want to do this, that's great. If not, like, you can choose something else. It's fine. So at 14, you moved to New York City. Why did you move? Um, so I was actually 15, but oh, 15. I moved here because I was given a scholarship to train at the Jacqueline Kennedy Onassa School, which is a school affiliated with American Ballet Theater. So I accepted the scholarship. I was that here. your dream? Yeah, Were ABT's like, always been yeah. my dream. Yeah, so I was like, all right, I have to do it. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to get there if I don't, like, take this step now. So, Were your parents happy or sad? They were happy. Um, and it, At that time, it was hard. I was 15, but I had two younger sisters, and we were all we were living in Texas, and my parents really thought, like, 15's really young to send someone to New York. So my whole family picked up and moved to Connecticut. Oh, wow. Yeah, for about a year and a half or two years. And I would take the train, the Metro North, from Connecticut mm -hmm. to New York mm -hmm. every day. It's so, like, essentially, like, I really was. I was on my own. Felt like I was living in New York. I would spend, like, a few hours at my parents' house in Connecticut just to sleep and then get back into New York. Um, but yeah, so then at 17, I went into the ABT2, which was my first professional contract. And then my parents were like, all right, bye. They went back to Texas. And did you feel here. pressure that your whole family had to move? Um, I think I did put pressure on myself. I was just like, they picked up everything. So I have to like make this work. Mm -hmm. They never, they never did anything to make me feel that way. And like, mm -hmm. they really loved living up in the North. Like cool. it was nice to have a summer where it wasn't like 300 degrees every day. Oh yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. I'm going to now start to get a little darker. Let's do it. I like to warn people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you scared of death? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what was the closest you ever came to quitting? Uh, there have been many um, occasions. I think probably the closest was when I was I was in ABT2, and I had done an apprenticeship with ABT. Like, I had done their Nutcracker season with them, so I performed with the main company. And after that, that was in December, I went back to ABT2 to finish out the season, and then it was just assumed that I would go straight into the main company. Um, but at that time, there just wasn't a contract available. 
And Kevin said, the director, he was like, we'd love to have you and we'd love to give you a contract, but there's nothing available right now. You can you can wait and like go through ABT2 again, which for me felt like a demotion. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was devastated because I was like, okay, well, they like me. They've used me. I've been here for years. There should be a contract right now. And the thing with the ballet company, like you just don't know like when someone's going to go out, get injured. It sounds like you feel really out of control of your future. Like tennis, you just, you have to win. Mm -hmm. Or ballet, it's almost subjective and political. It almost sounds like. Oh, it's so subjective and so political. That sucks considering all of the like blood, sweat and tears that goes into it. Exactly. Well, so then at that point I was like, all right, I should quit. I should give up. How old were you? I was 17. Mm Mm-hmm. So I called my mom and she was like, all right, well, yeah, you can quit. And I was like, well, no, I can't quit. Like, I can't do anything else. Like, I, I have to do this. Um, and then like the next week I was taking an open class at Steps, um, which is a studio here. And like they have open classes all day and professionals go and just stay in shape. Mm-hmm. And randomly, the director of the Staatsballet Berlin, which is the Berlin State Opera Ballet, Vladimir Malakov, he was watching class and I could see him just like following me and like paying a lot of attention to me. And after class, he like came up and introduced himself. And I was like, of course I know who you are. He was like this mega, mega ballet star. Um, he was like, I would like you to come dance to me in Berlin. Like, can you be there in a month? I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can do that. And my mom was there watching class too. And she overheard all this. And I just saw her eyes like explode. She's like, am I moving to Berlin? Like, what the hell? But you weren't scared. No, I was naive. <laughs> sometimes like being ignorance is bliss oh almost. yeah yeah completely it's such a great example of you can get rejected and get really down on yourself because you're just seeing so far into the future mm-hmm. but you have to realize the future isn't planned and there's opportunities everywhere that you just because you can't see it in the moment doesn't mean it's not there exactly i always say i have this quote even when it's raining the hoop is always there <laughs> like just because you got rejected from that contract didn't mean that there wasn't a hoop and yeah. like an opportunity for you to score something exactly. even better potentially. Yeah, and that was a big like learning experience for me. Just so yeah. people understand the kind of commitment that goes into it. What is your like what does your week look like in terms of working out, practicing? Okay, here we go. Let's get into it. Yeah. So <laughs> ABT when we're rehearsing, we rehearse five days a week. Um, we're on a Tuesday through Saturday schedule. And we have company class at ten fifteen to eleven forty five. And that's just that's where you like you get your body warm. You like go through a full class. It's the same like sequence of combinations or steps exercised um, in every class, but every combination will be slightly different. Um, and then from there, we go into rehearsals from twelve to seven. Seven hours. Well, we get a lunch break at three o'clock, but going from ten a.m. to three o'clock without food is a really long time. Jesus. So yeah, there's a lot of hanger in that um time span but yeah before class i'll do my own workout can you snack oh yeah we're Very like good. running because we always have it's every rehearsal is like by the hour mm-hmm. and you have a five minute break mm-hmm. in between so you'll see people like running through their locker grabbing a banana trying to get to the studio mm-hmm. whatever um and then you how have to, many like, girls are in this so abt is a company of about 80 to 90 dancers and it's pretty equal like male female okay so then you finish at seven and then you're just recuperating the rest of the day? Depending on if I was able, because I always like to get a workout in before the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on if I'm able to get as much in during that time or not, I'll either go to the gym after 7 or I'll just go straight home and ice and eat. And I'm usually out by like, or I'm in bed by like 10. I don't really sleep, but it's 
you're so just like mentally taxed by the end of that day yeah why do you work out if you're kind of like being physical all day long it's um the ballet technique like it doesn't it's like it's an insane workout of course of course but it's so physical and athletic now that there's so much more that we have to do to supplement that and also mm. for injury prevention yeah um and everything in ballet is done like ex- it's done externally rotated mm-hmm. um so uh, you're overworking some areas and not working other areas which can like with compensation and stuff you just like get really unbalanced um but yeah like for me i found that there's a lot that i have to do to like maintain strength and yeah. keep being injury free Spe- speaking of unbalanced do you feel like your life is unbalanced oh yeah but i think i've been living in this you know state of unbalance for so long that i wouldn't know what balance was how is your social life like are you friends with girls in the company yeah i am I'm, I'm very close with many other girls in the company. A lot of us have danced together since, like, age 12, age 13. Cool. Um, but we're all going through, like, the same rigorous schedule yeah. on a daily and is there, basis. Is there an air of competition? Yeah, definitely. It's I feel, like, connected to you in this way. I was talking to my mom recently. I'm 27. Mm-hmm. I don't think I understood what female friendship was until I had a really bad breakup at 25. Mm-hmm. Because... From seven years old, every girl that I like met through tennis was directly trying to beat my ass. Yes. <laughs> like it wasn't like, oh, you play tennis too. It's like if we get on the court together, I'm gonna whoop your ass, and yeah. you're gonna be a loser. And if you beat me next time, I'm gonna beat you. Like it just, it was so intense. And then even college, and the girls on my tennis team, all week we were fighting for spots. Right. So like these are the girls I hang out with all the time who I know deep down aren't even rooting for me. Right. So like every when you're just trained with every girl being someone who's trying to take your spot or my dad's like, one look at her backhand, look at her <laughs> forehand. So then I have animosity towards them. Like yeah. I had to work through with a therapist, jealousy, competitiveness. And I realized it was all just from my experience mm-hmm. and that when I change my perspective, women and females are actually like the most beautiful like companionship of feminine energy. They're the yeah. only people in the world to understand you. Like Absolutely. men will never understand you like another woman no. does. No. Especially if they have no no idea about ballet. But I was kind of the same way, like younger and in, in school, um, and just starting my career. Like I was definitely very competitive with people around me and I just put that on myself. And you had and, to be. It's yeah. what made you successful. Yeah. And it took me a long time to like really understand that like we're all in this company together. We're all supporting each other. We're, we all have the same like goal in mind. We, we want to put on a good quality performance. And like we're the only ones going through this like hellish day, like every single day of the week. And like so we it does relate. bond you to an extent. It really but does. But it's still like not a pure friendship of a friend who's just like, hey, are you OK? Right. And there's something invaluable about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, coaches would brag about me because I had a killer instinct. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, in real life, having a killer instinct <laughs> is like, I'm going to be on the next Netflix murder documentary. Yeah. But in tennis, it was like, when I would get the lead, I would run with it. Yeah. Like, and when I sensed a weakness, I would jump on it. Yeah. And, like, that's not really good for social skills. No, no. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think I'd be friends with you. (laughs) So I've had to like work through that. And I actually ended up realizing I actually don't love the competition. Mm -hmm. I actually love creativity. Mm -hmm. Like just because I'm very 
good at tennis and I put so much pressure on myself so I'd win a lot didn't mean that it was what brought me happiness. Mm -hmm. Is there any time that you feel like ballet isn't bringing you the happiness you want? Oh, yeah, several times, like, throughout the day. Um, but I think at the end of it, like, I've also never experienced the the opposite, like, the same, that kind of, like, elation and joy and mm -hmm. happiness and freedom mm -hmm. from, like, just having a great performance or just being in the studio by myself and, like, finally figuring out, like, yes, like, I got those fucking fuetes, like, finally. What is your goal with ballet? Like, do you still have goals or are you now just kind of, like, enjoying being in a company? I... I set like small goals for myself and I think I've been really lucky to have a career that's taken me so many different places and I've done so many different um, ballets by different choreographers and different styles that right now and it's been such like a stressful like anxiety causing thing in my life for mm -hmm. so long right now I really want to focus on dancing to continue like to keep my happiness and to do what I, I enjoy that. about it and I feel like you're actually going to perform better exactly. when you have that perspective like I miss tennis all the time, mm -hmm. and the one thing I regret is it's like if I were ever go on the court and compete again, I would just want to compete for happiness. Mm -hmm. Not happiness out of winning, but being on the court, feeling my body, enjoying feeling alive, and just the art of the sport instead of having it so attached to my ego. Yeah. Do you find, like, what do you do when you have a huge performance? Like, what mental tactics do you have to perform your best? Um, I, it depends on what I'm performing and mm -hmm. what the role calls for. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, like I have to just, I, I find comfort in like over rehearsing and over practicing mm -hmm. and over like picking apart a piece. So to get as much like studio time in, like it comforts me, even if I'm like, you know, fucking up like constantly, at mm -hmm. least I'm in there. I'm like, okay, I know I'm trying this and then this happens on stage. I can like go with this route and mm -hmm. fix it this way. So um, being over prepared, if you know yeah. that you're going to get, you know, anxious about something, knowing what helps calm you down. Yeah. So if you're afraid of like choking, do you do anything else to help calm you down before a performance? I, I mean, I try to keep my, like my psyche very just calm. And I just usually like leading up to a rehearse or a performance, we're rehearsing all day. So I'm kind of at the point of like exhaust exhaustion mm -hmm. and I'm looking at the show like, okay, just like two more hours and I can go home and I can eat mm -hmm. and I can have like a sleep. Mm -hmm. um, but before every performance, like I go through the same warm up routine. I've been doing it since I was like 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. And if I don't do that before performance, I definitely feel really like shaky on stage and mm -hmm. just not comfortable I yeah like really a lot of prepared. a lot of like top athletes and performers are superstitious mm -hmm. and I feel like superstition comes from anxiety of trying to control the future mm -hmm. but it also can work if that's what you believe in right like you your perspective can make you the most confident person in the world or you can convince yourself that you're gonna fuck up right yeah, and I, I think, like, yeah. with this warm-up thing, like, it's not, like, oh, if I don't do this warm-up, like, I'm going to have a terrible show. Mm -hmm. Or, like, if I do do this warm-up, like, I'm going to have the best show and, like, everything's going to go great. I just know if I do this warm-up, I'm prepared to have a great show. Like, I'm giving myself the proper tools to do what I, I need to do. I love that. I was so black and white. Mm -hmm. Like, all day I'd be like, um, oh, this this guy likes me, so that means something bad's going to happen, which means I'm going to lose my match, or like I'm going to double fault a hundred times. Like I was so result-oriented. Yeah. When you get so result-oriented, you can scare yourself so much. That's so true. And I, I was 
because at the end of the day, I was just trying to win to yeah. like survive on my tennis team. Yeah. And I totally disassociated from like the love of the game. Yeah. But now when I play with my friends, I'm like, oh my God, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I don't miss the competition, but I always did love the sport. How much longer do you think you're going to dance? Um, I've probably got some about like age 35, I'd say. Wow. If, if I'm lucky. Like, more realistically, I'm probably, like, 32, 33. Do you ever think about after ballet? Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> but um, it took me a long time to, like, allow myself to start thinking about the I aftermath. <laughs> For so long, I yeah, just even go there like, with your mind. Oh, it's terrifying. Because I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, like, the thing with dancers is, you know, a career starts so young. Like, I didn't go to college. I finished high school at age 16. I haven't been in a classroom setting since then. I have no desire to go like get a degree or anything like that. Um, Are there any side things that interest you? Yeah. So I did start finally thinking about the future and when Mm -hmm. I retire. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really like, I'm obsessed with cross training and the fitness side of ballet. Yeah. So I got certified over the summer and I'm now a certified personal trainer. That's amazing. So I can definitely use that in my next chapter. And well, I I think also just because you stopped with ballet, a lot of, there's something like after college sports, a lot of people take a gym strike Mm -hmm. because they just like, I felt like after tennis, why am I going to the gym? I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm not trying to win a, win a match. Why am I putting myself through this physical anguish? Right. But then I realized I'm an athlete. I yeah. love moving my body. Yeah. So it's I, it would be impossible for you as someone who's so active all day to one day just finish it and then like be on the couch oh, all the yeah, time. That, that, never, that never happens now, even when I get a week off. Like it would... I would not do well on the couch like that. Now I want to get a little spicy. Okay. How's your love life? What love life? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I've had guy friends who are like, I met a ballerina last night. And I'm like, Yeah, cool. and you know what they said? They're like, oh, let me see you touch your toes. Ew. Let me see you open your legs. Ew. You watch Black Swan? Yeah. <laughs> what is your opinion <laughs> on Black Swan? This has been on my to-do list to ask Yes. You. So, <laughs> I mean, Black Swan is a great thriller Mm -hmm. like a psychological thriller Mm -hmm. beautiful movie in Mm -hmm. that aspect Mm -hmm. it is not a ballet movie Mm -hmm. it's not a movie that portrays the life of a ballerina ballet company we do not behave that way are there any specific examples of like things that you were like this is not i mean it was just like all sober like over dramatized and Mm -hmm. um i think honestly like the thing that did bother me was that they used a lot of like real dancers and like people who are actually professional and been training and what have you and like the dancing scenes or like as body doubles and they didn't get as much recognition mm. and like yes the actors in that movie were phenomenal and like that's their life's work that they're putting out there but also like the dancers as well um that was like a whole controversy back then but yeah it's yeah. funny because i didn't know that world yeah. i was just like oh my god they kissed yeah <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, you talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. Do you want a boyfriend? Um, Have you ever had a boyfriend? 
I have. I've had like a f- couple relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, like I never really made like dating or like even like having a guy in my life a priority. And I spent so much time being alone and like taking care of myself and like working out the things that I absolutely have to do and need in order to make my career easier, do like whatever I need to do to get further. So I think if I even like had like a steady boyfriend, I wouldn't know what to do with that. <laughs> I wouldn't know like, cause I'm very like, I need my time. I need to make sure I do this and this and this. I'm like, I can't. So it sounds like, like going... mentally you're, you're not in a place right now where you have the space for a boyfriend. Yeah. I'm really not. Totally and even, okay. Yeah. Even when I've like been in a, a relationship, I've found like, even if it's going great and we have no problems, I'm still anxious and it's still making me like a very uncomfortable person because I don't know. I don't know what role he's like going to continue to play and if he's going to let me down. And I just like everything just keeps going. And, it's like, almost if he messes like... with my career. If he like if I go in rehearsal and have a bad day because like he's causing issues back at home, like I'm it's done. funny. At a very young age, my dad was like, I don't care what you do with guys. Just don't let them distract you. Yeah. So it gave me this air of like, yeah, I'll date people, but like I'll, it'll never distract me. Yeah. But then when tennis was causing me a lot of anxiety, I would like want to have a guy to fulfill my happiness because mm-hmm. my life was like struggling with tennis, mm-hmm. especially in college when it's like, I need to keep my full scholarship. Right. I can't not show up to practice. Like I literally knew I had to play all the time. So I would just call my boyfriend at the end of the day <laughs> and cry about what was happening. <laughs> I'm like, give me affection. Like I was obviously a great girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but that's not a relationship. Yeah. I'm just trying to use him to bring happiness when that's literally the worst thing you can do. Right. Right. And right now I'm at a place where I'm realizing, oh, the the man's not going to bring you happiness. The job's not going to bring you happiness. It's you just kind of being comfortable in your own skin. Exactly. So I just learned a lot about life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are other ballerinas suffering with that balance? Do they, what's like the overall locker room vibe? Um... I mean, you you get a lot of different personalities in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I mean, within the company, there's a lot of relationships and a lot of marriages that have happened. Oh. And that's great. And it's beautiful and good for you for being able to work in the studio with your significant other. Are there a lot hours. of straight male ballerinas? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are, what's, how would you stereotype a straight male ballerina? What are they like? I mean, there there's... It's hard to put it like your finger on it because like there are some straight male dancers in there who like you'd see them on the street and you would think they're like just your regular like jock like bro you'd never picture them in tights like dancing around. In you the guys studio. must have crazy sex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said it. <laughs> not, not, not. Because I'm envisioning athlete sex, and we're both like, my hip flexors are tight. And I'm like, my hip flexors are tight. I lift it too much. And you guys are like, um, can you give me your foot? Yeah, we're just going to put that behind yeah, there. Yeah, I'm like, can you, a little further, like, you get great stretch right now. It's a great stretch. Just hold it. And you're like, now spin me, spin me. Anyway, so obviously you are performing at a very high level. Mm-hmm. What gives you the most anxiety? Like, do you do you deal with normal people anxiety? Or are you on, like, a whole different spectrum of anxiety? Um, That's a good question, because I've never really been a normal person. Yeah. So, anxiety <laughs> <laughs> like, seems normal. The little things stress you out, like, if you go to the grocery store and you need to buy something and they don't have it. Like, oh, yeah. Will you freak out over I that? I will freak out. I will freak out. I, if I... 
I think even last night, like, I went to Sweet Green and I, like, ordered it on the app and I went to go pick it up. And I was, like, in my pajamas, like, across the street. I was, like, I just want to get home and eat my dinner because I'm tired and mm-hmm. it's late. And they had, like, messed up my order. <laughs> and so I had to go back downstairs, like, give it to them. And yes. I, like, pointed out the issues. And I was, like, really, I was livid. I was, like, it's just a salad. And I put in all these ingredients and you didn't do it right. And I was, like, oh, my God, Katie, this is a salad. Don't, like, you don't need to freak out about this. But, like, yeah, when little things go wrong, it really, like, I freak out. What's your biggest, like, where do you think the anxiety stems from? I think I've just always been so hard on myself, and I expect perfection from myself. And I tend to expect it from other people as well. Mm -hmm. And, like, when somebody, like, really lets me down in that way or something just doesn't work the way it's supposed to and the way that, like, I can see a simple solution. So you're a little bit of a control freak. I would say a lot of bit of a control freak. Do you do anything to try to go with the flow or like are you trying to be less of a perfectionist or you're just like this is me and I just need to learn how to cope with it a little bit of both I think because I think there are some aspects of my life where like I need to be that way mm-hmm. and I've learned how to like handle that but mm-hmm. then there are other aspects where I have to tell myself like this is okay to just let things go when was the last time you like went to a bar and blacked out I have never <laughs> blacked out do you drink oh yeah okay but it, I think it's also a control thing like I'm a control freak I rarely black out because mm-hmm. that's scary to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have to be in control and I know the limit when I'm too drunk. And I even if I am too drunk, I'll, my body just says like, no. Do you okay, smoke weed? It. No. Do I, you freak out when you smoke weed? Yeah. I freak out too. I don't like it. I don't. Some people like the loss of control and freedom of their mind where the second I feel like I can't control what my mind's doing, I'm like, this is bad. This is going to end badly. Exactly. I don't know what is happening. I can't formulate thoughts. Yeah. I will ruin every party. Yeah. It's Party's not, ruined. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard because I want to be the carefree, fun person. Like, I really want to be. Yeah. And sometimes I am, but not with stimulants. Even coffee, I'll get, like, weird and jittery really? with. And I, like, can't handle it. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I've learned a lot about you. Do you ever, you have obviously a type A personality. Do you ever suffer from depression? Um, yeah, there were a few years, um, where I was really struggling with it. Um, it was a couple of years, summers ago, went through like, it was a really bad breakup and there were a lot of like outside circumstances and I was in denial that I was depressed. I always feel like you don't know that you're depressed until you get out of it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow. Yeah, I was like, I was miserable for like two years and I didn't even realize. Also, when you have a routine, I think it's easy to fall into a bad like mental spiral mm-hmm. and you it's not easy to change it up because, mm-hmm. you know, you wake up, you go to practice, you work out, you talk to the same people yeah. and it's easy to get into this like hole. Yeah. How did you get out of it? Um, I did go to therapy for a little bit and... Like, I had been just working, cons- like, constantly for, like, we just finished Met season. It was, like, eight weeks straight, mm-hmm. eight shows a week. Mm-hmm. Every week is a different ballet. I'm, like, yeah, by the end of a Met season, I'm, like, 10 pounds lighter, like, 10 shades of white pale, or, like, it's <laughs> it's bad. Um, so, like, after that, we get a bit of time off, and I had a few weeks. I went home to Texas, and my mom was just, like, we've got to, like, we've got to fix this. She's, like, you shouldn't be feeling like this, and it's okay to get help and you know, come out of it. And so I started seeing a therapist and I realized like I was being just so cruel to myself and like going through such a negative monologue in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, like, that helped me to kind of get out of that and gave me tools to, like, Why do you think you were talking so negatively to yourself? Because, like, through the the relationship that I had been coming out of, I knew that it was bad from the beginning. And I knew it wasn't good for me. And I knew it was going to end badly. Why? It was just... Like, what red flags? there, There were a lot of red flags. But for me, it was, like, it was my first relationship my Mm -hmm. like the first boyfriend and like I just thought he was so cool and like oh my gosh he likes me like I'm so like this is so exciting like don't fuck it up like don't make him mad (laughs) and so with that like I was really like I was trying to please him and I was also really trying to like and that's how you lose yourself exactly (laughs) because next thing you know you've changed everything to make his life better yes and fit into his life and then you forget where your life is Mm -hmm. and And then you get scared yeah i did not recognize myself i didn't recognize the decisions i was making like the choices i was making like the negative feelings towards myself i was having it was just a whole it's like once you lose touch with who you are and your intuition then those voices have like Mm -hmm. a field day they start saying whatever they want and you can't decide if it's real or if it's some bullshit that mm-hmm. is just coming at you. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of you for going to talk to someone because I went through a very similar situation mm-hmm. with an ex. Do you see like a therapist now or is there like a sports psychologist that deals with the ballerinas? Oh, that's they should have that. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure there's a lot of mental health things going oh, on yeah, in, a, in a company. They would have a field day in a company. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I feel like they should provide that for like maximum performance. I think they should too. I'm going to bring that up. <laughs> it's also hard like... To find time. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> at 10 p.m. while you're stuffing your face with st- sweet green, you're like, and then this bitch tried to trip me. <laughs> I also have to address, like, obviously, I feel like eating disorders are prevalent in ballet. My one, my one friend, she actually was in a company until around like 22, mm-hmm. and then she like started to get boobs, mm-hmm. and they were like, no. Mm-hmm. So, can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, so I mean, it is. Um, it's just, it has an ideal body type. Yeah, ballet is always there's always been aesthetic to it. It's always been like the lithe, skinny, you know, long limbed ballerina. Um, there was a quote by Balanchine something about like beauty is when you can see like the bones, the collarbones. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so that's kind of where the whole like issue started. But like now, like in today's companies, everyone is really adamant about promoting like a healthy dancer a healthy athlete um that's great yeah like it's a really it's very important these days and they will tell you like if you look too skinny and like that's also that could like you could lose your contract if you know you're letting this Mm -hmm. to go over your life um but also like we are physically active from 10 to 7 Mm -hmm. usually even more before and after that and then we have to perform if you talk to like anyone with a regular nine to five job, you know, they work out, they go to the gym, maybe for like an hour and a half, two hours, mm, half an hour. <laughs> yeah. So like that's that's what we do for a warm up. Like people say, oh, my warm up is like or your warm up is my exercise or whatever that quote is. <laughs> like we actually like that is our warm up. And then we're still vigorously active for the so rest of the day. Are you consuming a lot of calories per day? Yeah. And like that's the thing. Like we don't we don't count them because we're just like, oh, I'm hungry. I like I yeah. need energy. OK, what, let's eat how do you eat? Um. So I take a fork and a knife <laughs> and I, I start the cut. She's a comedian too. <laughs> Where's my podcast? I know. What's like, so what's your, like, what do you eat in a typical day? Um, I usually do eat pretty healthy, but I'll eat a lot. So I'll have like Greek yogurt in the morning with a bunch of fruit and 
um after class i usually have like a protein bar and then snack throughout the day like nuts and fruit and have like turkey something for lunch and salad with proteins for dinner mm -hmm. and a lot of wine <laughs> fine <laughs> so you're eating healthy but you also like I remember with tennis, I was just eating to, like, get energy. Yeah. I just was like, I don't want my blood sugar to drop, and I need food now. Yeah. Um, did you ever suffer from an eating disorder? I definitely struggled with my body image. Mm -hmm. um, it never got to, like, that severe of a point. Mm -hmm. I, was also, I was also very skinny as Naturally. a child. Naturally. And I always was told... Like, you, you look weak, you look thin. We know that you're not. Like, you are very strong, but it's just, like, my life's super So they wanted legs. you to beef up. They wanted me to beef up. And, like, I, I too, like, I wanted, I was like, I want my legs to look, like, strong. I don't want them to look like sticks on stage. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, there was definitely, like, there was some difficulty, like, going from, like, you know, growing up, going through puberty, like, becoming a woman in a white leotard in a room full of mirrors. And True. you're just staring at yourself every day. Oh. It's like me playing tennis and I have a performance, plus someone's also judging how I look at my skirt. Mm -hmm. At one point, I was working out and eating so much with tennis, like my thighs were rubbing together so much during a match, it was like on fire. <laughs> like I was like 15 pounds heavier of muscle and Damn. I shouldn't have been, but I was just eating too much. Yeah. Um, but that was emotional eating because I was stressed. Mm -hmm. And when my boyfriend wasn't there to talk, I needed to eat cheese curds in Wisconsin. Yeah, I think those are, you know, more better than a boyfriend, but yeah. that's my opinion. <laughs> I agree. When I was at a tennis academy alone, I suffered from an eating disorder when I was 15 mm -hmm. because everything was out of control. My, my family wasn't around and I'm a control freak. Mm -hmm. And my grip, they were changing my forehand grip and I was going to tournaments and it wasn't working and I felt a lot of pressure because my parents were putting money in mm -hmm. and I'm type A. Mm -hmm. So the only thing I could control was food. Right. And I'm naturally like have a good metabolism. So I was eating like a lot, mm -hmm. but I was still restricting. Mm. And I didn't, I looked in the mirror one day and I'm like, I'm way skinnier than I should be. Mm -hmm. And then I talked to therapists and like I worked it out. But just when you're a type A, high-performing, driven personality, it's, like, inevitable that you're going to have some kind of control thing with food. Yeah, for sure. And as long as you realize it's not about the food, it's yeah. not about the tennis, it's about you being okay mm -hmm. with letting go mm -hmm. and that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I feel like I'm in therapy right now. <laughs> I, I needed this. <laughs> I like preaching about it, though, because, like, I am a survivor yeah. of an eating disorder. Yeah. I had it. And I'm good. Mm -hmm. And now I have a very healthy relationship with food. Yeah. But it's sometimes that stuff gets you stronger. It's true. And no one talks about like the recovering eating disorders. It's, Everyone's yeah, like, it's I such had a eating like, disorder. Yeah, it's such a like hush hush topic. I, it does need. And even more asking you about I it, I felt a little taboo. Like I was like, I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but I also feel like everyone's had an eating disorder. Yeah. And like I, I heard somebody say it once it's like, not that everyone had. A diagnosed eating disorder but there was some sort of disordered eating some sort of like mental block with food or some bizarre mm -hmm. way of like having an, a relationship with it and i'm like yeah that's probably prevalent to every single woman and and man today yeah in i our mean society. i watch my cat i have mm -hmm. a cat her name's butter she's very cute and smart <laughs> and she, i um was leaving and i normally give her half a can in the morning half at night mm -hmm. and i gave her a full can in the morning and I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't eat it all and get a stomachache. She just ate exactly half and she was full. Yeah. She's an animal. Yeah. She, she doesn't think. 
we're not animals. We are human <laughs> beings who have complex thoughts, whether you're thinking about like how stressed you are about practice or you're thinking about how you don't want to go to work or you're thinking about, oh my God, I hate the way my you know thighs look right now. Or it's, why do I have to wear a white unitard tomorrow? White unitard oh, is honey. brutal. <laughs> it's so brutal. So yeah. speaking of the worst, mm-hmm. it's time to play Seven Deadly Sins. Okay. Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about? My time. I don't do, like, I have anxiety about, like, big group things and making plans. And I really need to decompress, like, by myself alone. And I also, like, I don't like wasting my time. And I feel very selfish with my time. Um, I think also because you don't have that much time to yourself. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, I'm not going to go to dinner after rehearsal so I like, can sit there and like have to put on makeup and well, get also, energy from... you're performing all day. Yeah. And if you're not hanging out with like your best friends, if you're in a big group setting, you're in a performative place where yeah. like you have to put on makeup, you have to present yourself. And if you've been doing that all day, it's like, I don't want to perform at night, too, and, exactly. like, make someone laugh or think I'm pretty. Like, that's so... No, I want to go put on my sweatpants. Or fake and... laugh. Oh, I'd yeah. rather kill myself than fake laugh tonight. Next, we have... Who are you envious of? Oh, gosh. I try not to be too jealous of, like, anyone in particular, just because I know that, like, I've worked so hard, and I do have my dream job, and... There's so many people out there who would kill to be in the position I'm in right now. But I so do, you're grateful. I'm very grateful. That's really healthy. I'm very grateful. But I do find things in like my coworkers and other dancers mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I wish I could have that skill. Or how did they do that so that I can make this look better? How do you deal with people who are jealous of you? I ignore them, I guess. Because <laughs> um, you can sense it. You can definitely sense it. And... It's it's uncomfortable, for especially sure. like if you get chosen for a role. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that could ruin friendships. It could, and it has. I've seen it happen before. I think that's why I personally am so careful with friendships in the company. Not that I would be unfriendly with anyone, but you choose means. who you let get who really close to you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's like the Hunger Games. <laughs> 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 the Hunger Games and white leotards. Oh God. Um. I kind of want to see a reality TV show of it. Oh, God. They've tried so many times. But it's almost like it's too intense for them to do that stuff with it. And they also try to make it about, like, something different. They try to add, like, romantic dramas into it and, Mm -hmm. like, shit that doesn't actually happen. And also, like, dancers, we're we're very smart. And we are not going to say anything to anyone on camera. That would jeopardize our job. You're right. And you're also control freaks. So you're not yeah. about to just let loose for the camera. Exactly. Because we don't so want to be funny. TV stars. Like We want to be dancers on stage. And yeah. That's why I guess the dance moms is good. Because the kids are doing their thing. And the moms are <laughs> the moms fucking are out of their exactly. minds. Oh, my gosh. I really want to know the answer to this question. Oh, shit. What are you gluttonous about? Wine. Yes, what kind of wine? <laughs> um, I love red. I love Malbecs or Montepulciano mm. or Tempranillo. Mm. You're um, classy. I'm classy. So you'll taste. just like go home and drink wine and what do you watch on TV? Um, I don't really follow a lot of TV shows. I usually just put something on for like white noise and just kind of zone out. I usually have to just like sew shoes at night or... How many glasses of wine will you drink in a typical like Saturday night? Uh, I usually stop after like two, two and a half. Good. It if like I, puts me to sleep too, which is great. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> knock yourself out, yeah. roof yourself. 
Um, what was the, when was the last time, when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? So anger. Um, you seem pretty even tempered. <laughs> Don't ask my mom about that. <laughs> um, well, one time I did get like really angry at her and it was the stupidest thing. Um, she was staying with me for Met season. Like mm-hmm. she came up for one week. Well, and that's an intense time for you. As I said, it's a very intense time. And I always like warn my um, my family and my friends. I'm like, I'm sorry for what's about to happen <laughs> or who I'm about to become. Please like <laughs> cut me some slack. It's um, like wedding season, but it's exactly <laughs> your performance. Exactly. I would get really quiet before a tennis match because I'd be really in my own head. Yeah. And my parents would always be like, are you OK? But I was like in my head, like visualizing and doing whatever I have to do. Yeah. But I realized the more you can just be yourself, mm-hmm. the less like pressure you put on your performance. Like mm-hmm. if I'm quiet before a match, you know that I'm nervous and I'm like probably fucking my own head up. Yeah, I'm the same way. When was the last time you were a sloth? Um, ooh, probably right after Nutcracker this year. We finished on the 23rd and I flew home to Dallas on the 24th. Got bronchitis, stayed in bed. <gasps> that'll all get day. you. That'll get you to chill out a little. Yeah, and I had. I That's had, your body telling you it needs a break. I had had such like a rough schedule for that Nutcracker season. It just happened where I was doing every snow scene, which every snow scene in any Nutcracker in any company is the the worst. It Why? Is, it's always just like a lot of jumping, a lot of footwork, a lot of running. So you're like getting your seven minutes of cardio in, and mm-hmm. it's. It's painful. Do your and... parents let you kind of chill out when you go home? Or are they like, go do stuff, go meet people? No, they're like, go to your room. We'll leave you alone. You come down with can your I, can, can I have your parents? They come sound amazing. They're super fun. <laughs> they're super fun. <laughs> but yeah, like, I was so sick. And I was like, I haven't actually laid in bed for a day in years. I just, it felt so weird to me. But anytime I was like, do try to work out. Do you think that you should add more rest to your schedule? Yes. But it, I haven't. <laughs> but it's difficult. I've, I've tried it. Yeah, it it's difficult. Yeah, it is. When was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something? Like, does your ego affect your decisions? Um, I wouldn't say that I let my pride or ego get in the way. I think I had to learn at a very young age in this career that, like, pride and ego will be your downfall and it will like work against you and not it's definitely hard when in the beginning you have people that are just like bragging about you and proud of you Mm -hmm. because then one day you're not the best one in your small town exactly you're competing with all the best girls in their small town exactly so you were able to kind of humble yourself and not get like too competitive with like being the best all the time right and i think i i kind of had to find the line between like there's a difference between pride and having an ego and confidence you're so right so, yeah. I love that quote. Good one, right? It is. Now to go back to being spicy. Oh, God. When was the last time you lusted over someone? I knew this ow, question ow. was coming. <laughs> you listened to the podcast, right? I may have. I like, What's going to happen? Oh, shit. <laughs> She's all red oh, right now. I know. Yeah, there's there's one specific uh, instance I can think of. Oh, my God. Tell me. So he, well, he was friends with my ex, one of them, one of the two, <laughs> and, um, my he just like he was friends with like all of our friends and i never met him but i like i've seen him on social media obviously and just like whoa 
And so we like shot this video together and he was like at ABT and everyone at ABT was like walking around and like looking in the studio to see this person. They're just like, who the hell did you bring into our company? What um, does he do for a living? Model and act and, okay. you know, he just, he's beautiful for yeah. his job. Um, but yeah. Like, his job is to be beautiful. Yeah. And he's like the sweetest guy. Like he's a good do friend Do you think now. anything could happen? No. Why? I don't think I would allow it just because like. I don't want to like cross like friendships and like he was friends with an ex and it's for me, funny because sometimes you get along with friends of your ex because there's it's like if you like him and he likes him you would like him like it's kind of difficult it happens yeah like I some people married their like best friends I mean I haven't done that but well that's because <laughs> I'm single as shit yeah just to wrap this up mm -hmm. what advice would you give to people to cope with their hell um, I think I would just have to say, like, give yourself a little break and stop the negative commentary in your head because, like, everyone else is going through their own struggle and their own issues and what you think is, like, the like most devastating thing and, like, the end of the world. Like, there's somebody down the street who, like, could give zero fucks, like, has no idea what's going on in your life and they're having their own struggles and, you know, you put two and two together and just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not smart really that bad. Putting perspective on it because yeah. sometimes it's hard not to think negatively when you're so feel so down about something because you're mm -hmm. like, I need to get better. So why am I going to be easy on myself right now? Yeah. But I think sometimes the best things happen when you let go. It's like punching. You want to punch something really hard. If you squeeze really hard, you're actually not going to throw a good punch. Right. But when you relax and let loose, it's actually going to be most effective. Yeah. That's probably how you are when you're performing too. Like if you go out there and you're tense. Oh, it's the worst. Like you're going to have a really shit performance like that. How do you make sure that you're calm when you're about to perform and don't tighten up? Um, I just have to just like deep breaths and just like visualize the choreography in my head and like walk my body through the steps. And I think at the end of the day, like I just have to like trust my body more than my mind. Like my body knows what to do. Like it's done these motions, these movements. Don't over always and over. trust your mind because sometimes it's trying to mess with you. Most of the time. Yeah. Katie, I'm so happy you came on. <laughs> this was so fascinating to take a look inside of your world. Yes. Um, she is going to be performing during Met season in May. Mm -hmm. So if you're a fan, and check her out on Instagram at Katie. Katie Born One. Katie Born One. Simple. Her stuff is insane. Her poses are insane. <laughs> I don't even know what she's doing, but it's gorgeous and beautiful at the same time. And I'll see you guys next time in hell. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.